This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. One week into owning Twitter, the world's richest man, Elon Musk, is on a firing spree. Eight out of every ten employees at the India office were laid off on Friday. Twitter telling its employees by email today whether they've been laid off or not. It's almost like a game, a very scary, disturbing game where people have been informed in this very tone-deaf mail to look out for an email either in their personal or official inbox, which will tell them whether they have a job or don't. Twitter's mass layoffs are unfolding in real time as employees locked out of their office systems are tweeting to say goodbye. Elon Musk has defended his decision to sack thousands of staff at Twitter. He tweeted to say that he was forced to make the cuts because Twitter was losing nearly $4 million a day. Here's one of the employees we spoke to. His voice has been altered to protect his identity. We received an email globally that was sent out to the, to the entire team. And then I received an email on a personal email ID later on in the day that you might be impacted. And I lost access to all my systems, so so that was that. From a former employee to the former head of Twitter India. It is very surprising that such a large layoff happened in India because India is a very critical market for any company globally. Of course, I'm also being a bit uh, emotional here because this is the team that I work with very closely. And these are top-notch professionals, uh, the best in their field. And they being laid off so unceremoniously is really painful. The India layoffs are part of Musk's larger plan to fire around 3,000 employees worldwide, which is nearly half of the microblogging platform's workforce. He had already fired the Twitter CEO, COO, legal head and general counsel as soon as he took up office. All this, by the way, within barely a week of his taking over Twitter. My first reaction was that it was an ego trip. My second was he wanted more power. You don't become the richest man in the world by being a nice guy. That was Professor Kevin Curran, a professor of cybersecurity at Ulster University in Ireland. Kevin is an expert on security, hacking, social media, and all things technology. Now, to be sure, Twitter isn't the only one laying off people. Global reports have said Facebook's parent Meta is planning mass layoffs too. Similar news has been coming from Google's headquarters as well. But the layoffs at Twitter are just part of the complete overhaul of the company that Musk seems to be planning. The overall Twitter saga is unfolding at breakneck speed. And the smaller stories playing out in individual markets are no less consequential. India has been a lucrative but also a very problematic market for Twitter. There are ongoing legal cases and there have been various run-ins with the government over content and control. Now with a fifth of Twitter's team gone, how will the company navigate this dynamic and difficult market? Will a new team be built? If yes, how soon? Also, what will become of Musk's free speech agenda in India's highly regulated environment when new rules are being written to give the government more control over social media. To find out, listen on. It is Tuesday, November 8th, 
From the Economic Times, I'm your host Dia Rekhi and you are listening to Twitter Tales on the Morning Brief. In the last few months, Elon Musk has been doing what he does best, being in the news. From quietly buying stock in Twitter to the very public poll on free speech in March, to flip-flopping multiple times and keeping the media guessing, will he, won't he, the Tesla CEO finally went through with the takeover on October 27th. What has happened since then can only be described as part dark comedy and part dystopian thriller. It's like The Office. Do I need to be liked? I, I have the, uh, the honor uh, of having the most liked tweet of any living human. Meets the social dilemma. If you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Meets, well, Squid Game, actually. Remember Red Light, Green Light? Well, in a sense, at least. Musk swaggered into the Twitter office carrying a kitchen sink. How do I know this? Well, because he made sure to post it on Twitter with the caption, Let that sink in. He even huddled with a huge crowd of Twitter employees, many of whom he would fire in hours, some even in days. He plans to make the blue tick a paid feature. He asked engineers to print out pages of code and later told them to shred it all. He is asking for deep cost cuts on infrastructure, servers and cloud services. And then, of course, other mails titled, You are fired! and you are safe to employees. Here's the one you just heard. I've been working for Twitter for more than a year and a half and less than two years. It was a dream job. It's been absolutely wonderful getting to work for the organization. How I came to know about the layoffs and all this, I mean, it's public knowledge at this point, right? Uh, we received an email globally that was sent out to the, to the entire team. And, uh, and then I received an email on a personal email ID later on in the day that you might be impacted and I lost access to all my systems. So so that was that. And that's how I got to know that uh, this is what's happening. All my colleagues, of course, distraught. And I think more than the job aspect from what I'm, I've been able to understand and this is my personal take as well, it's also to do with, you know, where the platform is headed and where it is currently because look, you love the platform more than anything else. That's one thing. And uh, I mean, in terms of surveillance and all, of course, I mean, there are different laws and whatever. We don't want to get into the integrity of that. But yes, uh, these are tough economic times nonetheless. And uh, most companies have stopped hiring as well. It'll be a bit of a challenge to land roles for which you're a good fit. And uh, say, in the near future. But just when we thought there couldn't be any more flip-flopping, Global reports on Monday suggested that the billionaire who sacked all these people was recalling some of them. Yep, all over the place, I know. But before we come to all that, let's take stock of the ongoing chaos. Manish Maheshwari was with Twitter between April 2019 and January 2022. He joined Twitter as the managing director for its India operations and was brought in to lead the company's strategy and execution in India, apart from accelerating audience and revenue growth in one of the country's top markets worldwide. In fact, many of the people fired on Friday were Manish's colleagues. 
Hi Manish, thank you so much for joining us on the morning brief. I wanted to start off by asking you about what happened on Friday, which is the Twitter layoffs. Almost the entire India team was sacked, and these would have been people you worked with as well. So, what was going through your mind yesterday? Yes, these were the people I worked with, and I think I was quite sad to see what was happening there. In fact, when I looked at the tweets, what was very clear to me is that the layoff would happen, right? What I was not very clear was that what would the impact of that be on the India team? Because I thought that it would probably happen in the headquarters in the US or it would happen in regional headquarters in Singapore or say London. But to come to a market like India, it might take some time. Plus, India is a very important market and I think there's a lot of need for local context and local nuances. So even if something happens in India, it will not impact a large number of people. But what was very surprising was uh, 80 to 90% people have been laid off as based on the reports I have read. And that means the entire team managing communications, managing marketing, managing content partnership, managing all our content relationships and celebrated relationships, as well as sales team to a large extent has been cut down and uh, everyone in the state of limbo. And what I want to say is that these people are some of the best in the industry. I mean, they were handpicked by me and the other teams, other functional leaders, and they have been managing fairly successful operation in the country. And suddenly on one fine day, they become a collateral damage for a takeover uh, happening because of this Elon thing. And that's pretty sad because these are people who have dedicated their entire prime of their professional career building this platform and also put their heart and soul over the last few years to make it what it is today. So quite sad to see that. No, absolutely. And I was going through some of the things that people had posted yesterday and it was very sad and heartbreaking, to be honest. But Manish, what does this tell you about Musk's strategy? So their decision to lay off 80-90% of the entire team in India does mean to me two things. One is that at this point in time, perhaps user growth is not what they are focusing on. They are trying to focus on consolidating operations, optimizing cost, and really thinking about revenue, drive, what can give them revenues. Now, that's a very interesting discussion because on the revenue front, so far, 90% of the typical revenues came from advertising, and advertising depends on large user base. But if Elon is pivoting towards subscription-based revenue, probably he's thinking that maybe not all of subscribers would come from India or paying subscribers would come from India. And maybe that might be the reason why he may be thinking that not having a large team in India probably would be okay in the short term. Having said that, if I was more pragmatic, I would keep the team because the cost, the wage bill of the employees in India is not huge compared to the wage bill in, say, more developed countries. So salary difference is there. So, so as a result, if you take a purely pragmatic view in terms of what is the cost of keeping the team versus what the benefit, I would say the benefit outweighs the cost. So this seems to be a very short-sighted, broad-brush, major kind of action. No, absolutely. And that's an interesting point that you brought up because a lot of it seems sort of knee-jerk and just being done in this haphazard manner, right? Do you think that will hold the company in good stead going forward? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, no one knows where things will go because I think Elon has been quite unpredictable and also seems to be quite whimsical. And I think he is he is taking decisions on his own based on the advice of a few people that are very close to him. And even that's only been a week, it is not possible that he could have taken relevant inputs from the regional leaders or the local market leaders. Hmm. So this seems to be a bit of a... Excel sheet based on exercise saying, okay, which are the different functions, who is based where, based on their leveling and the role description, who is needed and who is not needed. Because it is very difficult for someone to figure out who is doing what in a country like India, 
and then take a decision about who stays and who who is laid off right so it's clearly a very quick sudden and not well thought through uh, move but i think the way he might be thinking is that even if he gets it wrong maybe he can correct it 6 months down the line i think that's how they are going forward i think they are prioritizing or giving more importance to speed hmm. as compared to getting it perfect right so in that vein do you feel like he sort of rushed into sacking say the top leadership be it parag or uh, vijay or ned or any of them do you feel he should have waited a little longer because from what i understood i felt like it was almost like they were unfairly dealt with in a sense but i want to know what you felt yeah my personal view is that he could have been more thoughtful and pragmatic right i mean so clearly one objective he's solving is consolidating his power and really making sure that the company runs according to his wishes so letting go of some of the critical people at the top does make sense i think what really surprised me is letting go of this 50% of the workforce that seems to be too drastic to me and too yeah. quick sometimes it can backfire as well and i think uh, he might have to deal with the consequences because i just learned that in the us a class action lawsuit has been filed against the company for laying off employees because they did not follow some process there which is the whole california 60 day notice process right so it seems to me that a big part of he and his team would continue to get distracted by this whole legal mess as well so that will also impact their ability in multiple ways down the line right right but from what you were saying something that i picked up which really struck me was the bit about nuance right social media is about people and you have people who are from different and diverse backgrounds in different places so do you think that elon musk is being a little like technical about this in the sense that running a social media company would be different from running an automotive company or a tech company in that sense right do you think he needs to realize this first and foremost and especially in the context of india as you rightly said right i mean if you think about it social media is ultimately a game of uh, understanding users driving engagement having the right content for the right set of people and you can't just be very central and very much us centric and still hope that you'll be able to capture the imagination of the the masses in india you need to think about what works in india for example i'll tell you example is cricket right i mean folks in the us don't understand cricket but we all know that if you don't have content around cricket or around bollywood you know any social media platform is a dead on arrival kind of situation right so we when we were managing things in india we had a relationship with all the ipl teams we were ensuring that we have the right set of conversations happening about cricket on the platform even when we did not have the official rights from bcci the live broadcast was happening on hotstar but the juiciest conversation that were happening in the locker room all those conversations were coming on twitter and people were talking about it all the commentaries were happening on twitter harsha bhogle was quite active on twitter so it takes an effort to get all these people on the platform and make it happen and make it work now without the local team i don't know if that will be done or if someone from the us will do it and if they will not do it then i mean would twitter still be the platform of choice when there's a cricket match or when there is a big movie release on a friday would people talk about it on the platform and who will sort of increase that or who will make that happen and who will who will manage it right i would suspect that if it becomes much more us centric and much more english oriented it will sort of cater to the cream of the population the very top 1% of the population who are very global but then it will start losing its appeal beyond that and i think that could put the platform in a in a not so good uh, kind of a trajectory and maybe the network effect that it was was getting may not last for a long time 
does the fact that he is let go of a lot of people in the content moderation space scream trouble to you in a sense because uh, we're seeing that twitter already was in various issues like run-ins with the government but do you see that increasing especially with what elon musk stands for one view you can take is that maybe he will not care i mean if there's no one there and no one is looking at it you know who do you even go to complain and who do you even talk to if there's an issue i think and from his perspective i think he'll probably care more about the us midterm elections than any elections in india and anyway if he has deprioritized india and laid off the india team i think even if there's a problem in india he, there's no reason for him to care about it too much like what does he get to lose right and second thing is if he's pushing for verification and having uh, only verified human beings on the platform he's thinking in his mind that that will solve the problem about fake news bots and all the issues so that will also put a bit of a check and balance in terms of who is who is verified person and and sort of he would have their as a credit card or bank details because that's how they would pay so he's hoping that maybe that will uh, reduce the issues that the platform was facing in terms of the content uh, so i think probably that's the kind of view they are taking and we'll have to wait and see whether that really works out right but you know unlike the west we've seen that subscription based models haven't really taken off in india so do you think that this will really take off will people pay to get that blue tick and to get the other perks that come with the subscription see you are right dear in india subscription has not been that successful primarily because uh, the value equation in india is very different the kind of expectation we have in terms of value for money is very high secondly we are very much in terms of careful about what we pay for and we keep revising and keep looking at like are we getting value there or not so it remains to be seen that what percent of twitter user in india pay for subscription and my sense there would be that if they are smart they will try different price points and different mechanisms to test this out and then roll out a program so for example 8 dollars might be too high because that's based on the us purchasing power if you think about india maybe it will be 2 dollars to 3 dollars that's about like 200 rupees a month which in my mind is not that big an amount so if it's like 300 rupees a month most important people most journalists most celebrities would not mind paying so completely going subscription is not something that will work Mm. it could be that 5% people will pay for subscription 95% will still be free they will see the ads and they will sort of not pay but what i am in favor of is to experiment with it and try a few different price point what i am not in favor of is or what i don't see succeed is that everyone being forced to say either subscribe or you you cannot exist on the platform that will not fly right and you touched upon this a little bit earlier in terms of you know advertisers and musk's view of how he wants to take the platform forward google and facebook at least in india are pretty much at the top of their game when it comes to the digital ads market right do you think musk's twitter can sort of break that duopoly that they have you have to think about a couple of things right one is yes google and facebook are very big in india and they have more than 85% of the market share but if you break the thing down into what part of the ad funnel they are focusing on i think when it comes to brand ads not performance ad twitter is quite good because you know when any launch happens or any kind of a narrative building has to happen twitter is the platform where sort of people want to build a narrative and they want to make sure that things land right and and sort of the right kind of orientation is given to any kind of major event right now coming to can elon break into it and make it bigger that would be a function of two things right one is do they have a large enough audience in india because advertising works when you have a large user base so if you don't grow the user base then of course you won't be able to have the same kind of power and same kind of importance when you go and talk to advertisers 
Second is, you know, do you have the right tools to give the advertisers the right ROI for their investment? And I think that is where I think product team will have to do a lot more things to improve the platform. And at the same time, I don't see the competition to them coming from Google and Facebook. It will come from the number four, number five, number six kind of players. For example, Amazon is also launching their ad business. All the other ones, Spotify has an ad business. Almost every other platform, even homegrown ones like ShareChat and Koo, they will also come with their own ad business models, right? So my view would be, if they do not keep growing and they sort of stagnate, then of course, uh, whatever revenues they were making, that can then be shared by other players which are small today, but could become bigger in the next few years. You know, there's so much talk about the creator economy in India being huge and just having so much potential, right? Twitter isn't as big as Instagram or, you know, even to that extent, say WhatsApp in terms of how it is used or YouTube and those kinds of platforms. Do you see that changing now or, you know, is it set to be the same? Especially now that there is all this talk of, you know, Elon Musk bringing back Vine. So will Twitter sort of go the meta way into building a platform that has short form content and video content and, you know, tweets and everything else too. You rightly said, Dia, I think trader economy is huge in India and it is also growing because, you know, there are a lot of Indians and all of them are on the internet. And Twitter, unfortunately, has not focused a lot on that side in terms of monetization of creator economy. Now, I did hear in uh, several discussions that creator economy is also something that Elon believes in. And he wants to have a thriving creator economy and also figure out a way for them to make money. So my view would be, yes, I mean, if they focus on it, there is a huge potential there. Because if you think from the way Twitter is, it is a very good platform for, say, knowledge creators. For example, if you're a journalist, similarly for all the management gurus, think about astrologers, think about like cricket commentators. So all the knowledge-based creator, Twitter is an ideal platform. Twitter has struggled to figure out how to help them make money and also make revenues in the process. They tried doing something called tip jar, where people could tip their favorite creators, but it was all voluntary. They also tried doing something called ticketed spaces, like where you can hold a space, but then people would have to pay a ticket price. But none of them were taken as a full-fledged project. They were more like half-hearted effort to try and experiment, but no one really went behind it and really solved for it. But they would really have to go after it in a very concerted way and they would have to build the tools where you can guarantee them predictable income. It can't be that, oh, one month you make some amount of money and second month you don't make that much money. There has to be some kind of a tools at the back which will help you, almost help you run like, like your business. And I think if they focus on it, it can become a big business. My view would be they would start making some effort there. I have seen some discussion where uh, credit economy is also being considered as one of the key strategy for the turnaround of Twitter under Elon. Interesting. In fact, I remember when all of this talk first started about Elon Musk taking over Twitter and I had spoken to you then, you had also spoken about how he was quite a regular speaker at, you know, your town hall meetings and so on. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what his style of leadership is from what you've observed? I haven't interacted with him a lot, but I think in the, in wherever I have been able to witness how he was doing things, I think uh, he's much more technical in terms of his understanding of things, right? So, I mean, he, he's able to pierce through things and understand like, oh, what really causes A versus B and how things work, number one. Number two, his style is much more like very direct and confrontational, right? I mean, either you stand up to him and say why he's wrong or you comply with what he's saying. I think uh, less of a time for consensus building and less of a time for discussion. 
Twitter, on the on the other hand, used to be very consensus driven, right? I mean, any discussion, any any major decision we would take, we would internally debate it because we had to think about it from multiple perspectives because it is a horizontal platform and we have people of all kinds and, and users of every kind of mindset and ideology. But I think that culture is being replaced by top-down, my-way or highway kind of culture. That's what it appears to be now. So I think we'll have to see. But the outcomes will certainly increase. The pace of execution will improve. One is, there is one single owner, right? I mean, compared to a listed company with a board and sort of other things they have to manage on a quarterly basis. As a private company with one owner, decision-making is very simple and very fast. And secondly is, he himself encourages a style where he, where he wants to execute very fast. So both of these factors will lead to uh, speed of execution, but the quality of execution remains to be seen. That was about the numbers and all things close to home. But Twitter is a global organization and Musk's ownership of it has global ramifications. Sure, nuance and cultural context is everything when it comes to social media, but there are several common issues that social media companies have to face worldwide. To give us a glimpse into whether Musk's time at Twitter spells trouble or not, I spoke to Professor Kevin Curran. What are the three ways that you think Twitter will change now? It's hard to know because we don't know how effective some of the proposed changes are. Possibly one of the main ways it changes is that it becomes more radical. If he really does want to push his free speech, you know, libertarianism, well then really we're going to see a lot of speech on there which really is hard to defend from someone who is um whatever i suppose um just liberal minded really in some ways but that's the main thing is to see really can we have this town square this fantastical idea where people can say what they want but yet there is consequences to that as we know in real life so really a lot of us are just going to sit back and see what happens in twitter if it really does allow people to, um, from the far left and the far right, to have counts on this platform. Right. It takes me to what I was writing about today, in fact, which is all the layoffs that are happening at Twitter. I'm sure you must have seen as well, you know, there are so many employees who are putting out their stories on Twitter about how they were laid off or those kinds of things. It's not really unprecedented, though, in the tech world, right? Or some of it is. We haven't really been here before. It's not as if tech companies have not laid off people. You know, Microsoft mm. have done it in the past. There has been large layoffs from IBM and these, you know, because there is a, a cycle. You know, sometimes you're in the top and sometimes you're down low, depending on the economies, depending on your products and whatever else. Look at Facebook right now. I mean, not many people are going to be looking to join Facebook because of the disastrous mistake Mark Zuckerberg has made. I know it's off topic, but his metaverse is too early. But within Twitter again, it's a dangerous one because, again, you have a production code base here, your development again. So we might see a lot of Twitter shortages in the future and outages because, again, there could be far in some of the top guys who are keeping it all together because code, modern code and systems and cloud-based systems is so complicated right now. So I think they might come to regret the haste in which they try to save money by firing some of their top engineers. Perhaps a lot of these people fired might have been in content moderation, which no less makes the world mm -hmm. a more dangerous and unsafer place. You know, Musk famously said the bird has been freed. But I want to ask you if it really has been freed or has just been caged by a different person. It's been let out of the cage, but 
it's possible a bird gets killed within the hour because, you know, the danger is at least the cage protected it. It's not that simple. Elon can't just release the bird and let everyone, you know, in that case, say what they want. There is regulations. There are regulators around the world. There are governments. The U.S. will come down. If something happens, whatever, that really harms an incumbent government in the U.S., whether it's Democrats or Republicans, you can bet that they'll come down heavy in Twitter and they'll make it that Twitter have to address that issue because social media is becoming really, you know, the, the place where people can influence populations again. And that means power. But if people don't see it, especially in democratic countries, again, regulators will come in and force fines on Twitter. And we're seeing huge fines again, even with in Europe, with GDPR. So, you know, we, government regulators will take care of that. So you foresee more run-ins with the governments in various parts of the world? Absolutely. If you allow, which is kind of his vision, and he kind of has to keep it up and back it up, again, to allow a lot of the bots which have been banned, the accounts which have been banned, even the big thing which has grabbed the headlines, again, allowing people or making people, forcing people to pay for the blue badge verification. Now, the blue badge exists to verify personalities, public figures, and that protects people from like, you know, whatever famous people like Elon Musk himself, from having other people claim to be Elon Musk and posting stuff. So now what you have is no barriers to entry to blue badge. So who's going to buy the blue badges? Well, all the nutters will, all the bots, all the advertisers, all the people who want to say what they want. So the blue badge will mean nothing in the future. So he's made it more dangerous by taking away the blue badge method at the moment. Now that you mentioned the blue badge, what do you think of Elon's intent of making Twitter subscription-based? I mean, there are some features you can possibly, they're thinking about. They're, you know, they're desperate to try to make 50% of their income come from subscription-based rather than, at the moment, 80% of their income comes from advertising. So what you have is, really, you're going to just find the people who want to troll and the people who want to advertise again using this maybe for the extra features again. And people generally don't pay for social media. And one thing, he's got to be very careful. People can move up platforms very, very quickly if they find that it's not working or it's not the place to be. And Twitter clones could appear. You know, there is a few. Now, it's not that easy, but you'd be surprised how quickly, you know, MySpace and others were shut down by, by another incumbent community. Generally, people will leave something which, if they find that thing, terrible things were said and weren't addressed. So... Again, if there's a, one headline after another after another, they could find themselves in serious trouble. Sure. And coming to my last question, something that everybody is asking, do you think Donald Trump is coming back to Twitter? I do think he will be back on Twitter because he has said it. He let him back. Whether he's booted off within the hour, within the day, within a month, or he remains there and becomes the chief twit, um, the assistant chief twit, even though... <laughs> um, we don't know. But Donald Trump will definitely be back on Twitter because you know what? Even it's good for the bottom line for them. It gets more interest again. Elon Musk is all about success. You know, he didn't buy this just as a hobby. He knew the balance sheet from the start. He knew it wasn't really making money, but he does like to be successful. It could be a powerhouse in the future, but Donald Trump will definitely be back on Twitter. And if that happens, it will be one of the many many headline-grabbing moves we can expect Musk to make over the next few months. Regardless of whether you consider him a mad maverick or a tech totalitarian, like Professor Kevin said, I suppose you can't be the world's richest man by being a nice guy. 
which is sad but most likely true. His intentions sound great on paper. He has used all the right words. Free speech, digital town square, freeing the bird. It's easy to get taken in. Elon Musk may very well realize that he's probably biting off more than he can chew. To build on my earlier analogy, Musk may soon realize that overhauling Twitter isn't the equivalent of dismantling a petrol car, turning it into a concept smart electric car, and see the concept turn into a reality by genius engineering and manufacturing. The main difference is that Twitter is almost entirely about people, those that are running it and those who are using it. And people are complex, unpredictable, and always uncontrollably powerful. Content moderation on these platforms, I imagine would be a nightmare. And by letting go of people from those teams, Twitter is probably going to have a hard time keeping up. For those who lost their jobs, we wish you all the best. A lot of the people we spoke to said it was unceremonious and uncalled for. The tweets were genuinely heartbreaking. But we hope things will get better soon. For Twitter in India, it looks like there is a lot that the company has to figure out, especially now that it has let go of nearly 80% or more of its local team. Will Twitter manage to grow its user base in the country without a strong sales team on the ground? Will knowledge creators and influencers flock to Twitter and make it the platform of choice? Will people really pay for the blue tick mark? Will we see a flurry of fake news activity? Will the company continue to fight its legal battles? So many questions and I think the answers are just about as hard to predict as the man who is running the show now. But I have to say there's never a dull moment when Elon Musk is at the steering wheel. We'll keep you up to date with all that happens at Twitter and elsewhere, so make sure to stay tuned. Thank you Manish and Kevin. It's Tuesday, November 8th from the Economic Times. I'm your host Dia Reki and you were listening to Twitter Tales only on the Morning Brief. This episode was produced by Vinay Joshi, sound design Indranil Bhattacharjee. Executive Producers Anupriya Bahadur and Arijit Parman Creative Inputs Anirban Chaudhary Do listen, like and share this episode. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and Google Podcasts as well as GeoSavan. Do tune in to ET Play, our latest platform for all audio content including The Morning Brief. Thank you for listening and have a great week ahead. All external sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description.